It is Friday, November 12th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 10 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Jared, week 10, QB, hit me with what you like for cash. I got two options here. Um, one high price guy, one kind of middle price guy. And I think the direction you go depends on what you want to do at running back, which we'll get to next, obviously. But up top, it's Dak Prescott for 6900 bucks. I'm not worried about what happened last week in his first game back off injury. Vegas is not worried either, evidently. Dallas has the highest implied total of the entire week at 31.75 points. Um, at home against a bad Falcons defense, um, Atlanta 28th and football outsiders pass defense DVOA. Also sounds like Dak will get Michael Gallup back this week for the first time since week one. So, I, you know, it's, it's a classic bounce back spot for the entire offense. So like him as a high price guy, if you want to save money at quarterback, I like Carson Wentz for 5,900 bucks. You know, he, he's been productive. Um, two plus touchdowns in six straight games now, three plus scores in three straight games. Uh, he has 20-plus DK points in four of those last six games now. Hasn't dipped below 17 DraftKings points in any of those games. And he gets the Jags defense. We talked about him last week with Josh Allen. Um, that obviously did not work out. But I, I still think this is one of, if not the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Yes, and I do want to save salary and go down to Carson Wentz. So that's who I have down. Jaguars, a top 10 QB scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed, even with the boost that Josh Allen gave them last week. And really – it was just a goofy, bad game for Josh Allen. He looked terrible, uh, and it, it, he was probably pressing by the end of that because he couldn't believe how far they were behind the Jaguars. And, I mean, they were playing up to put for you know to credit them for the effort. But before that game against the Bills, um, the previous two Jaguars outings were three total touchdowns to Geno Smith and a 329-2 and two passing data to a Tonga-Vailoa in London. So... Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and assume it's still a positive matchup. And like you said, the numbers on Carson Wentz have been very good. I do like the salary savings to stay down there and use that elsewhere, even though we're going to find options at other positions that will help us, you know, maneuver however we choose. I think if you prefer Matt Ryan to Carson Wentz at 6,000, that's fine. He's in play as well. I'd probably roll with Wentz in my cash lineups over him, though. I think on the GPP side, Wentz is also in play. But if I'm spending up there and I'm more willing to, I like Tom Brady as our highest projected quarterback on the main slate. He's just sixth in projected ownership, according to Fanshare right now. We'll see if that changes at all, but I don't see why it would with the questions about Chris Godwin. And, you know, we'll wait and see Sunday if Chris Godwin's available. But Tyler Johnson at 3,300, Cameron Brate at 2,700 offer salary savings to make it easier to fit Brady and Mike Evans into a lineup and you're going to have to have Mike Evans if you have Tom Brady in your lineup. So I think all that together, plus the matchup is Washington is 10th in run defense DVOA, according to football outsiders this season, 31st against the pass and worst as a fantasy adjusted or as a, a defense adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So it's a great spot for Tom Brady, even if Chris Godwin can't go. 
Yeah, I have Brady down here too. Um, I guess I maybe shouldn't be surprised at the projected ownership because of those wide receiver injuries and the injury to Rob Gronkowski. I, I still think Brady can you know throw three, four touchdowns in this matchup even without those guys. So I like him. Um, I'm going to mention Justin Herbert again. Um, you know, last week he had his third game of 30 plus DraftKings points this season, so he has that tournament winning upside. He gets his Vikings pass events that's been mediocre. Most of the season, they have the Vikings have a ton of injuries. Patrick Peterson is on IR. Daniel Hunter is out for the year. You know, they're one of their best pass rushers. Linebacker Anthony Barr is out for this game. Defensive tackle Michael Pierce is out for this game. I mean, that, that's more of a matchup upgrade for Austin Ackler, but it's not going to hurt Justin Herbert either. Cornerback Rashad Breland is questionable. Harrison Smith, or safety, is still on the COVID list as of now. I don't know if he's going to be back. So it, it's, it's a great matchup for Herbert. And he's coming in with kind of just middling ownership. So I, I'm, I'm going to be on him again for tournaments. Yeah, Harrison Smith went on the COVID list last Sunday morning. So he's still going to be on it through this game. He'll be out. Uh, the, his backup played well last week, but that's definitely weakens the defense. The Chargers have some questions on defense as well. We don't know whether safety Nasir Adderley is going to play. Joey Bosa is questionable, even though they expect him to play. But he sat out Friday with an ankle issue. So that could be a high scoring matchup. It definitely looks like a spot for some fantasy goodness and one that I'll highlight on the fan duel side of things as well. Running back for cash. It's really going to be tough to avoid the injury fill-ins this week for how cheap they are and really how relatively safe of bets they are for touches. Dearness Johnson, 4,700 Mark Ingram, 4,500. I often tr- like I, I sh- I'll shy away from the 4k running backs that are end up going to end up being so chalky, but the spending room they give you and the virtual certainty that these guys are going to get, you know, backfield controlling touch counts with Alvin Kamara out with Nick Chubb out. It's going to be impossible for me to build a cash lineup without at least one of these guys in it. Yeah. To me, Dearness Johnson is like the must must play in cash. Um, and and I, I like him over Ingram just because, I, I think at this point in their careers, Johnson's probably the better running back. But, but more than that, it's just I, I trust the Browns offense and their running game and their O-line more than I do Ingram. Um, in- Ingram's a great play at his price. The only reason he's not a must for me is I, there's just a lot of good running back plays this week. I mentioned with the quarterbacks, you know, whether you want to spend up to Dak or, or go down to Wentz. To me, that depends on if you want to play both Dearness Johnson and Ingram plus one expensive running back, or if you want to play Dearness Johnson with two expensive running backs. The two expensive running backs I'm looking at Dalvin Cook, eight thousand bucks. We talked about this Chargers defense quite a bit so far this season. You know they're just a run funnel defense. They invite teams to run. The Chargers have faced a league high twenty six point eight running back carries per game this season. They're also dead last in Football Outsiders run defense DVOA, giving up four point nine yards per carry. So teams are running a lot on the Chargers and they're running successfully on the Chargers. Now you get you know match up with Dalvin Cook, a Vikings team that wants to run the ball with him is kind of you know the, the base of their offense. So great spot for Delvin cook. Then Najee Harris as well for $7,900 just for the volume he's been getting. And now he's at home against the lions. Like, you know, he, he's kind of to pass on. So um, again, if you, you know, if you play Carson Wentz, you can play Delvin cook and Najee Harris, and then, you know, use Dearness Johnson in, the, in that third running back spot. Yeah. I like the idea of Carson Wentz, both of those cheap, I'm, I'm sorry, both of those expensive running backs, Dalvin cook, Najee Harris, and then either of the cheap guys, in the lineup and, you know, certainly mixing and matching for, for different lineup builds, but that's the way I think I'm going to start out things on the cash side and we'll get to the wide outs that can fit in for GPP. Deandre Swift is 6,800. I mean, he, I think we bring him up pretty much every show, especially on DK, 
but he's still not projected for super high ownership because there are so many attractive running back plays this week. We've got no Jamal Williams again this week, which can only help the touch count for DeAndre Swift. And we like him, of course, because he's more game script proof than other running backs. If things go surprisingly well for Detroit, then they're probably going to be handing it to DeAndre Swift. If things go poorly, they're probably going to be throwing to DeAndre Swift, which is going to happen either way. He's got four straight games of 17 plus touches, five plus receptions in each of those contests. So I just, I love the touch upside for Swift at that price. Yeah. And I know he dudded last time out without Jamal Williams. I'm not worried about that. And I'm, you know, still convinced that no Jamal Williams is good news for DeAndre Swift. So I like him for tournaments. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be playing Dearness Johnson in tournaments despite the ownership. I'm going to be playing plenty of Delvin Cook and Najee Harris. The other expensive running back that's kind of going to be lower owned, I like for tournaments, is Aaron Jones. Um, and, it, you know, that, that's assuming we get Aaron Rodgers back for this game. We'll find that out uh, tomorrow, you know, Saturday afternoon. Uh, if that's the case, though, I kind of like investing in this Packers offense that, you know, just they, they didn't have Devontae Adams two games ago, they didn't have Aaron Rodgers last week. Um, if they get, you know, get the band back together on Sunday against, against a pretty bad Seattle defense. Um, Seattle's been especially bad against running backs in the passing game. They've allowed the fourth most running back catches and the second most running back receiving yards. Um, you know, and, and we know Jones can do damage there. We talked about the 4K running backs. Uh, Brandon Bolden, if you look at the, D- the, the DS lineup generator, Brandon Bolden's right there with them. I don't think he's really a good enough bet for touches to be in the cash discussion. And, you know, we're going to have to watch and see first if Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are out. They're both questionable, but it sure seems like they're trending to not playing after not practicing at all this week with their concussions. I think on the GPP side, Brandon Bolden gets more interesting. And at 4,400, you know, maybe he disappoints us on touches. Maybe he gets 10 targets. I think anything in that range is possible. And it's also possible that he – gets a larger share of the carries than J.J. Taylor does, although I think J.J. Taylor would be in the mix there. Yes, I would not trust the Patriots' backfield in cash, but I think Bolden is an interesting pivot off of Johnson and Ingram in tournaments. The other guy down there that is like a pivot for tournaments is Devin Singletary if Zach Moss is out, and it does sound like Moss has a chance to play. He was limited in practice today. He's listed as questionable. You know, If he's out, you're going to get you know 15 to 20 touches, I think, out of, out of Devin Singletary against the Jets. You know, So he'd, he'd be a nice play if you want to get off Johnson and or Mark Ingram. And one more that's just kind of in a nebulous range there is Michael Carter at 5,600 bucks. Mike White is back. Of course, Carter had eight and nine catches in Mike White's two games so far, the one where he relieved Zach Wilson and then his start. 23 total targets in those two contests. The Bills have seen the league's fewest running back receptions this year, but they sit just in the middle of the league in running back coverage DVOA. They're going to be without middle linebacker Tremaine Edmonds this week. He's not very good in coverage, but that can't mean that the guy behind him is excellent in coverage. Otherwise, I think we'd see a little bit less Tremaine Edmonds on the field. So the one question with Carter, or I guess the biggest question I have with Carter, is the gap between him and Ty Johnson in routes closed last week. It was basically even between them. The previous two games had been almost 2-1 to one in favor of Michael Carter. So we'll see if that was a one-game thing or if it continues that way. I do think, though, for our purposes here – it doesn't matter all that much because there's room for uh, Carter to get receptions, even on the amount that he played last week. Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned James Conner, who I think is, is a really strong play. So again, there are just, there's more options at running back this week than I think there's been all season. Yes. Because a lot of the guys that are missing or injured or, you know, playing Sunday night or already played and all that. So yeah, it's a, it's an easier week than usual to find running backs that you can get behind wide receivers for cash. Jared, what are you playing? 
Devonta Adams is just too cheap at seventy nine hundred bucks. Um, again, assuming Aaron Rodgers is back, um, you know, at Adams opened the season at eighty three hundred bucks. He got up to nine thousand at one point. Like I, I think he Adams with Aaron Rodgers should be like a mid eights type type of wide receiver. So I, I think he's he's a value and he's obviously you know, a safe cash game play. Deontay Johnson is an X receiver. I'm playing in cash at sixty eight hundred bucks. I mean, are, are already averaging nine point nine targets per game. And now Chase Claypool is also out alongside Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think Deontay is as good a bet as any wide receiver on this slate for targets, and he's, you know, just 6800 um, bucks. And then the, the salary saver, um, you, you, you know, you mentioned him, Tyler Johnson, $3,300. Obviously a better play if Chris Godwin is out. But even if Godwin plays, I mean, you know, J- Johnson is basically a full-time receiver for Tampa, you know, with all their three wide receiver sets. And if Godwin plays, there's also a chance he's, you know, limited or exits early, so – um, I, I think Johnson makes a lot of sense to, to save money in cash. Yes, I, I think Johnson's in play, whether Godwin plays or not. And he's the easy choice in that 3K range. I think there are more attractive 3K wideouts than usual this week. You know, usually it's like, well, maybe this guy can do something. I'm not going to really feel comfortable using him. Uh, this week, there are three guys that I think are a, a bit more on the comfy side. It's never comfortable, but, you know, comfy for a 3K receiver. But Tyler Johnson, I think, is the easiest choice among those guys for cash. And we'll talk about others on the GPP side. I think um, there's a lot to like in that 6K range he already got to with Deontay Johnson. Um, there's Michael Pittman at 6,300. There's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in that range. Tyler Lockett's a little cheaper than Metcalf. Uh, the Packers could be weakened at. Uh, corner they're already without Jair Alexander they might miss Eric Stokes for this game as well um, so you know prefer Lockett at the savings but I think both he and Metcalf are in play here and then uh, Mike Evans is not quite down there but he's down a hundred bucks in salary versus last week just ninth in price among main slate wide receivers so he's relatively cheap especially in a week where he's as good a bet for targets as he ever ever will be and is facing that um, defense that is the league's best matchup for a wide receiver scoring. Yeah, if you play um, two of those cheap running backs, you can use Devonta Adams, Mike Evans, and Deontay Johnson as your three wide receivers. So that's you know definitely a viable option in cash. Yeah, the, even more than most weeks, I think. It'll be a week to play around with all the builds and build a bunch of lineups and see uh, what you like the best for entering the specific tournaments and, you know, specific contests, I guess I should say. GPP side, I think that whole 6K crew is in play here as well. You mix and match and see what you like. I'm starting it off with the Mike Evans-Tom Brady stack because I like the low projected ownership on Brady versus his upside. I like Mike Evans's price, and I like the other guys that you can mix in with it to kind of differentiate because I think Mike Evans will probably – wind up fairly highly owned mm-hmm. by the time we get to Sunday. AJ Brown is also interesting at 7,800 here. I don't think that his ownership is going to climb because there are just too many options, especially at lower salaries. And the matchup isn't awesome, but the Saints are the number one run defense in DVOA. They're 10th, I believe, in pass defense. So, you know, a little bit better for the passing game. And AJ Brown is just AJ Brown. He's seen 11 targets in two straight games. He's the number one wideout. He's a beast when he's on. Uh, the Titans leaned more toward the pass in neutral situations last week without Derrick Henry. So maybe we get even a little bit more of that this week if they don't jump out to a huge lead. Yeah, 34% target share for Brown over the last four games. Now, Julio Jones, questionable again after you know seemingly hurting his hamstring again on Thursday. Um, so Brown's going to dominate targets. Saints also are going to be without Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who is their primary slot corner. Um, Brown's been playing in the slot more the past couple weeks. It seems like it seems like that's a change the Titans have made to try to you know get him going, get their passing game going. So matchup upgrade for Brown there. 
Um, he, you know, he, he's priced so high up there at 7,800. I do think his ownership is probably going to be lower than it would be, you know, if he was, you know, kind of priced more like where he's ranked in most places. Um, so I like that call. I like the DK Metcalf call. I mean, 6,800 bucks that, that feels to me like he's still priced as if Geno Smith is under center. And we know we're getting Russell Wilson back. So Metcalf feels underpriced. I'm going to play Mike Williams this week with Justin Herbert. Um, and Williams has really, for the most part, just been bad for um, four of the past five games now. He's disappointed. But, um, you know, Minnesota, we talked about all the wide receiver or all the defensive injuries. They are already 26th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. And if you look at the big games they've given up to wideouts, they, they've been to Mike Williams types, like, you know, bigger outside wide receivers, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, both those guys went for over 100 yards. So, um, you know, Williams is the type of receiver that the Vikings have struggled against this season. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they're stronger up the middle of their defense than they are out on the edges. So, yeah, I like Mike Williams for this week. I also want to throw out Jerry Judy as an upside play. 22.2% of the target share in his two games back from IR. The Eagles have allowed the league's highest completion rate at 75.5%, but not overly generous on deep balls. So, you know, that plus Teddy Bridgewater, I think favors Jerry Judy, who's working on an A dot that's several yards shorter than what Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton have. So I like the chances that Jerry Judy gets targets here and produces on them. And I mentioned the 3K range pivots, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, James Washington, you know, again, not guys that make you feel comfy, but certainly guys that you could envision seeing six targets this week and doing something. Yeah, definitely. Tight end for cash. What do you like, Jared? Dan Arnold, thirty five hundred bucks. Um, you know he's getting among the last four games. He's third among tight ends and targets, third in catches, fifth in receiving yards, seventh in PPR points, and he's thirty five hundred dollars. And, and this matchup is good. You know the Colts much stronger against the run than the pass. They're twentieth in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings, thirty first in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. So you know it's pretty easy for me in cash. It's Dan Arnold. I think he's the best value at the position. Yeah, he, he seven plus targets in three of his four full games with the Jaguars and has hit 60 receiving yards in each of those games. So, yeah, I like Dan Arnold, Arnold up top, too. And there's lots to like in the 3K range here. Tyler Conklin, Pat Fryermuth, um, both under 4,000 as well. They top our DK dollars per point projections. Ricky Seals-Jones is also in the mix. I mean, I, I guess I don't need to get to him in cash if I have Dan Arnold for even cheaper, but Logan Thomas, not yet ready. Um, Ricky Seals Jones at 3,700 bucks, that range, you know, that whole group of guys, not only in play for cash, but also on the GPP side. And that might be where pivoting away from Dan Arnold makes sense because he looks like he's headed for high ownership after the numbers he's put up lately. Yeah. And you know, not that he has to go for like 20 in the tournament, but I, I, he doesn't have exciting upside to me just, you know, playing on that Jags offense. So I do think Arnold is probably a good, fade in tournaments. You know, there, there's some other, there's some guys beneath him. I like you, you mentioned Cameron Brait. Um, OJ Howard's the same price and you know, Cam Brait has run more pass routes than Howard in every game that Rob Gronkowski has missed. So, you know, Brait, I you know, might be the better bet. I also think Ho- Howard is still just a more exciting pass catching talent might have the higher ceiling. Um, but I think either of those bucks guys are in play with all their wide receiver injuries, even cheaper. Gerald Everett is 2,600 bucks. Um, again, you know, he's getting Russell Wilson back. His routes have been climbing um, each of the last three games. He was up to 78% of the routes in Seattle's last game. And the Packers are 27th in adjusted points allowed to tight end. So, I, you know, again, I think all three of those super cheap guys are in play for tournaments. Yes, I agree with that. I think if you're going the other way, because we saved salary elsewhere, TJ Hawkinson at 5,500 is attractive because there aren't top shelf options available at tight end this week. I mean, Kyle Pitts is there. 
TJ Hawkinson looks like he's going to come in at a much lower ownership rate than Kyle Pitts. There's no Travis Kelsey. There's no George Kittle. There's no Mark Andrews this week. Hawkinson has seen nine plus targets in three straight games, 11 targets in two of those. So you love the volume for this full PPR site. If he happens to reach a hundred yards, you know, obviously he stands a better chance of doing that if he's getting 11 targets than other guys who are getting six. So, you know, that's in play and the Steelers are just middle of the league in tight end coverage DVOA. So it's not a scary matchup for him at all. Yeah. I like that call. Um, Dawson Knox, I think is interesting too, in a tournament only, obviously in his first game off of injury, but um, you know, just 4,500 bucks. He, he already has two games of 20 plus DraftKings points. You know, he is a touchdown scorer in that offense and you know, has a good matchup against the jets. So risky, but um, for tournaments, I think he has the upside we're looking for. Yeah. I have him down for FanDuel. So we'll be talking more about him in a few minutes. On to defense, Jared, there's not a ton that I like down in the cheap range. I think if I'm trying to stay cheap, the Panthers are attractive at 2,400 against Arizona, mostly for the savings. They do bring a better pass rush than the 49ers did last week against Colt McCoy. So I don't think that we're going to get a huge Colt McCoy game. Maybe we'll get another huge James Conner game. But the Panthers at least have, I think, more upside on defense than the 49ers do. I'll be a bit less interested if Brian Burns or defensive end doesn't play. He's questionable, but he did finish the week with a full Friday practice, at least after having Mac Jones twist his ankle last week. Yeah. And we'll have to see about all the Cardinals injuries. You know, we know Chase Edmond is out, but Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, all, all listed as questionable. Um, but the Panthers are where I'm leaning for cash games. I, I, I just think they're a pretty good, defense and you know this is gonna you know it's it's a banged up cardinals offense either even if those guys end up playing so um, i think they're relatively safe for cash games at that price yeah i think the titans at 2600 against the saints are also in play they seem to be headed for higher ownership um after that rams game on monday night i think that mm-hmm. could come into play if you're looking at a 50 50 build maybe you go for the panthers at lower ownership otherwise doesn't really matter i think both of those are in play and then i mean if the salary is there, there are plenty of options in the 3K range. If I, if the cheapies at those other positions just leave me money that I can spend on defense. Yeah, Cardinals at 3,700, um, the Bucks at 3,500. Those, I think, stand out as the best plays to me. The, the sli- slightly sneakier one, uh, the Cowboys at 3,000, going to be a shootout. I think Atlanta probably puts points on the board, but I also think Atlanta probably you know, ends up throwing it 40, 45 times in that game. You know, that, that gives – the Cowboys' chances to get sacks, to get picks. Um, you know, they, they, they've been an opportunistic defense all season. Yeah, I certainly can't argue with that. And that's going to do it for the Week 10 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS Insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shafts, and thanks so much for some of the